Hey, welcome to the Living Box Free Podcast. I'm Ashleen Seitz. And I'm Becky Ford. And this podcast is brought to you by our coaching and consulting company, On The Rise Group. And we are here to talk about personal and professional growth. Yeah, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share. And let's dive into this week's topic. Hey, welcome back to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen Seitz, and this week we have a special guest I'm so excited about, my friend Sydney. We are going to talk about the obstacles that pop up in, or popped up really, in Sydney's story. And honestly, I'm just going to wait for him to tell it. So I'm really excited for this episode. But before we jump into it, because we're sponsored by On the Rise Group, what's on the rise for you this week, Sydney? On the rise for me, uh, I am in the process of nailing down a date to go see my sister. Uh, She lives in Colorado and uh, lives in a tourist town. So it's really hard to get out and see her um, because all the times that I have available to see her, she is slammed and there's (laughs) tourists everywhere. So um, we are booking a trip soon. I'm excited to see her. Uh, She just had a surgery, so... Get there, take care of her. Yeah. All the things. She's my Christina to my Meredith. Uh, <laughs> Your she's, person. she's my person. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited to That's get to awesome. see her soon. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, on the rise for me this week, as we we're recording this anyway, is um, I got to build a trampoline yesterday unexpectedly. It was an unexpected trampoline assembly mission. Okay. And I really enjoyed it. It was like one of those things where, you know how you have those days where you're kind of like, I'm not really sure what I want to do with my day. Like, no matter what you need to do, you're like, I don't even really know what I want to do. Yeah. But I have these things, so I'm going to check those off, and then I guess I'll see. And then after the last thing I needed to check off, my fr- I stopped by my friend's house, and her kids wanted to know when the trampoline was going to be assembled that mm-hmm. they'd gotten for Christmas. And I said, you know what? Can I help? Can I just do that? Yeah. And it was exactly like two hours later, I'm out there in the sunshine in the backyard in my (laughs) t-shirt, putting this trampoline up. And I was like, this is exactly where I wanted to be today. There you go. Sunshine, kids screaming at each other, running around me. Perfect. It's a great time. Unexpected trampoline building is on the rise. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Spontaneous. Spontaneous Spontaneous trampoline building. (laughs) It was super fun. And then I got to jump on it, which, man... I forgot how much energy that takes. A lot. It was, I was lying down on the trampoline very soon, very shortly. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, okay. Welcome, Sydney. I'm so glad you're here. Sydney has been a friend of mine from M4G. We really haven't spent that much time together, unfortunately, uh, because Sydney isn't a morning bird a morning bird what what do you call ourselves the early birds the early birds that's yeah. the term i was going for thank you <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to keep supplying words for me all evening that's fine. i think yeah okay great um so a 5 30 a.m or at the gym right. and so we don't get to spend too much time uh, together but we've gotten to hang out some and have just always loved talking to you and i know you've got a great story i've heard some of it yeah and just was really wanted you to come on this series on the podcast. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you first before we dive in? Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, it's an honor to get to do this and to have a platform to share my story and educate others. Um, 
I am a born and raised Hoosier, and I'm so proud of it. <laughs> um, I really love Indiana. Um, graduated from Anderson University, uh, bachelor's in psychology. Didn't really know where I wanted to take that, so I became a zipline instructor. Oh, sure. Because why not? Yeah. Um, realized that's not a career <laughs> path that most people take. How uh, long did that take to realize? Um, I think I was there for uh, one summer. I think just one summer. Okay. And then I realized, like, yeah, this – I could do this in the summer, but, right. like, we're in Indiana, so it closes in the yeah. winter. <laughs> and I need money. Yeah. Uh, so had a blast doing that. Um, unexpectedly got into education, which I okay. told myself I would never, ever work <laughs> in a school. Uh, and here I am now, absolutely loving it. Um, I'm a school coordinator at an IPS elementary school. Um, which is just a made-up title that we created. Uh, <laughs> For, basically, just, you, just someone needed to do the things. That someone you were doing. needed to do the yeah, things. Totally. Uh, yeah. So I basically a glorified secretary uh, with added yeah jobs. <laughs> uh, but I absolutely love it. Yeah. I've been there. I think this is my sixth year. Um, I am also a uh, foster parent. My wife and I have been fostering kiddos for several years now yeah. um and which so, is yeah, a whole other topic that is a will bring you topic. on <laughs> when i when i asked sydney about doing this yes he was so. like which topic do you want <laughs> I'm like, yes i know you have many let's pick one for starters yes. and we'll come back to the others so i would love to talk about foster yeah. care another yeah. time so yeah. it is a difficult journey but a, oh, a great sure. journey it's very yeah. rewarding and learned a lot about myself and my family and yeah. it's, it's lovely it's awesome um but the reason that I'm here today mm-hmm. uh, is to talk about my um, my journey transitioning from female to male. Yeah. Um, I identify as a transgender male. Um, I came out to my family in a same-sex relationship in 2014, um, married in 2016, just to hit you with some dates. <laughs> um, at that point, I when I got married, I was still identifying she, her. Um, I was dressing more masculine. I had cut my hair. Um, but had not started my transition journey yet. I wasn't identifying as transgender. Um, I didn't do that until about 2019, mm-hmm. uh, re came out to my family. How fun is that? You get to do <laughs> it two. twice. The first time didn't, <laughs> didn't work well enough. Yeah, exactly. Um, and started my hormone replacement therapies in 2019. Yeah. And ultimately had um, my gender affirmation surgery in the fall of 2019. So, yeah, um, yeah that's kind of my timeline. Um, so 2019 to now, 2023, um, is where I'm at. That's four years. Four years-ish. Yes, yeah. four years-ish. Yeah. Um, so I'm actually coming up. February is uh, February 20-something is my anniversary. So I'm really of bad starting, with dates. Are you bad with dates? I'm so bad. So bad. <laughs> So uh, that's my anniversary of starting my my treatment. Um, okay. So that's an exciting, yeah, exciting anniversary coming up every year. Yeah, so. that's awesome. Yeah, okay. that's where I'm at. Yeah, thanks for sharing. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to dive into talking about obstacles along that journey and the things that have come up. One thing I just want to be very clear about is that the obstacle we're talking about is not your gender identity. Mm-hmm. That's not the obstacle we're talking about. It's the things okay. that came up from that. Yes. So I just want to establish that. I think it should be clear from what we say, but I just wanted to make that very clear from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, And I also want to, um, 
don't know if it's a qualifier, but just a reminder of um, the things that I'm speaking about today are my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, these are kind of just guidelines or advice or things that I've come across in my journey. Um, that doesn't mean that that's a blanketed statement that applies to all people who identify as transgender feel this way yeah. and would want this because yes. um, it's not true. Um, these are only things from my experience. Um, everyone's experiences are different and everyone has different barriers, obstacles, levels of support, encounters, like all these things piece together, create someone's yeah. identity and experience and the things that they need. Yeah. So, and I do think yeah. that's why I keep using the word story. Like I, I want to hear mm-hmm. your story and your experience. So thanks for being here and being willing to talk about it. Yeah. All right, so with that transition or headed into that transition, or even if you want to start before that, but what were you expecting? Like, what did you think would happen or how did you think that would go? Yeah, um, it was super scary. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I didn't really know anyone who was transgender. Um, Honestly, I attribute a lot of that to the fact, like why, I don't know if I quote unquote, started late, uh, necessarily. But I mean, it was after college, I was already married. Um, Yeah, I'm a late (laughs) bloomer. Um, but I wasn't around anybody. I didn't know. I didn't even let myself think that way because it was so unknown. Yeah. And so this is not accessible to me that I think mentally I completely blocked it out. I never even once thought about it. Um, so, um, as far as expectations, I was just scared. <laughs> like, okay, you're starting to have these thoughts. You're starting to have these feelings. Oh my gosh, pump the brakes. I don't know what to do. Yep. Um, and I think once I started to seek out answers in my brain, I was like, okay, I'm going to do these three things and it's all going to be rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and I'm going to be the happiest self I've ever been. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and that's not true. Um, I mean, it's always true when you think that, right? Yeah. It always goes well. <laughs> um, and I didn't fully appreciate, like fast forward to I'm meeting with doctors, I'm meeting with mental health providers, and I just kept being told this is a process. Mm-hmm. This is a journey. This is years and years and years. And in my head, I'm like, once I do this thing, it'll be great and I'll be done and I'm done transitioning and and life will be grand. Yeah. Um, and there's just so much more to it, <laughs> as you can only imagine, um, that I think I was just naive to that. Um, I think another thing that I expected, or maybe others expected of me, is a better way to say it, others expected of me was, now that I identify this way, I should have all the answers and know all the things. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) Um, And that doesn't just come to you. Um, I Googled a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My wife and I, even when we were, you know, just, uh, this was before we were married, we were just dating. Yeah. Uh, I remember very vividly, there was some news story. um, I'm sure it was something legal about the LGBTQ community and a law passed or something and, or did it pass. And I remember coming home from class and I was like, hey, like all the gay people are mad. Are we supposed to be mad about something? Should I be mad right now? (laughs) 
And so I always joke like oh we're God. the worst queer people ever because <laughs> we know nothing that's going on in the world. <laughs> Um, but like terminology, I mean, we just, you don't just gain those things. Um, so even though, yes, I got to a point where I said, I'm transgender and this is who I am. Yeah. I also didn't know what the term passing meant. I didn't know Mm. what gender affirmation surgery was. I didn't know all these things. Um, and so there, there's a language acquisition piece to it of, you gotta do your homework, (laughs) (laughs) um, and, and learn things yourself. So. Yeah, and it is so interesting because it is, I mean, some of that is scientific and some then some of it is just cultural and yeah. trying to catch up to the language and all of that. Is it, it is really fascinating. Right. A fascinating part of being alive, honestly. Yes, yes. Yeah. And this is jumping forward a little bit, but even, I mean, I'm 30 years old. I'm not old. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but I work with kids. I work with little kids um, and seeing how different the world is now for these kids coming up. I mean, even our middle schoolers who, again, I'm 30, I'm not that old. (laughs) They sure make me feel that way. Uh, But I'm like, I'll hear things that they say, or I'll see a kid who is, you know, coming out and asking for certain pronouns to be used and, and seeing how the kids react and being so pleasantly surprised Mm. and saying, oh, wow, like these kids know they know what's going on and they know the terminology and that's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah. That's very <laughs> But I didn't grow up with that, you yeah. know? So that was a huge learning curve for me was what do all these words mean <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and how do I feel and how do I put that into a language that people will understand? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Makes sense. All right. So that's what you were expecting or that's, you know, kind of the, what you were, what you thought would happen mm-hmm. is that you would kind of know what's going on, and then yeah. you discovered you didn't. So then, then what? What obstacles popped up, or what? What came? What came next? Yeah, um, really, a big one to start with was just the. This is so broad, but the healthcare system in general. <laughs> um, when I, I'd like to thank the academy. Yes, the whole academy. <laughs> um, I you know, obviously didn't know where to begin. What do you, what do you Google right. <laughs> when you don't know where to start? Yeah. Uh, and really only came, and I'm sure it's not the only, but really only came across one evident clinic mm-hmm. in Indianapolis for specific to transgender care. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I'm trying to figure out what avenue to go down, um, the transgender clinic is not the only avenue you can Go see an endocrinologist. There are other specialties you can see. However, that's not their primary reason to yeah. see you. Um, so first off, that right there is just kind of blatant, like, oh, an entire city, and there's one specified right. clinic that's obvious. Again, there might be others out there. I don't know of them, um, but that's the one I came across. So at this point, I've I've come out to my wife first and foremost, Mm -hmm. and uh, we've gone through all of that. Okay. What's next for our marriage, for our family, for each other individually and together. And I've now got the gumption to make a very scary phone call of, I want to be a new patient. Uh, I make the call and I'm, you know, 
someone answers the worst feeling like oh my gosh there's a human on the other end and i have to say words can now I just leave a message? yes can i just leave a message <laughs> and i mean they were like oh we're so happy that you called and we are so proud of you this is such a big moment da 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 ask me all these questions and then they're like okay now that you've called we have a nine month wait list oh, to wow. be seen by just the social worker oh wow and so i'm like oh well, now I feel like I worked up all this energy and I've got nine months <laughs> to sit in it <laughs> and oh get even more anxious. <laughs> Great. Uh, so I did it. I waited. I waited. I waited. Um, I just I honestly feel like my life was just on pause at that point yeah. because I didn't have the resources medically to start transitioning. I knew I wanted to. Now we wait. Um, once that process started very quick after that. So I met with a social worker a month later. I was having my first appointment. I think by my second appointment, another month later, I was starting treatment. Yeah. And so it did go quickly once it started. However, it was very um, eye-opening to me that, wow, there's a nine-month wait list. That means there's a lot of people that need help and there's not enough people to help. Right. Uh, Unless they can only help one person every nine months. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Just kidding. I Just doubt kidding. that's yes. the case. And yeah, you're right. That's a very, like, that is a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I'd love to see in the future sometime, and I know that they are expecting people that through that time are seeing their own mental health provider, yeah. that there was no level of support through those nine months of, hey, we're just checking in on you. How are you doing? We know right. you're waiting. What can we do? I know resources are slim, and they are hoping you're seeing someone at that point, um, but I'd love to see that in the future be implemented because yeah, I think sense. that could make a huge difference for people. Yeah. So just blatantly from the start, it was like, okay, wow. So there's definitely a lack of resources here yeah. from the get-go. Um, insurance barriers left and right. Um, you know, I I have to pay for a specialty every time I need to go to the doctor. And with these hormone treatments, at least for the first two years, I mean, it was every three months, Yeah, you're seeing a specialist and paying a specialist price, you know, yep. for care. And public school systems don't have the greatest insurance in the world. <laughs> I'm shocked by that information. Um, and so insurance barriers, especially uh, with my gender affirmation surgery, it was a battle. Um, I had to get certain letters from certain, men, uh, you know, more than one mental health provider. Yeah. I, you know, you just have to go through the process, but it's costly. Um, and so right there. There people that's not accessible to to a lot of people. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, I see all the time, GoFundmes and and you know those types of things because it's just not affordable. Yeah. For for most people, so insurance sucks. <laughs> um, another huge one, and this is kind of the last thing I'll I'll say on healthcare was um, lack of medication access and coverage mm -hmm. as well, which it does tie into insurance quite a bit. Um, but even actively, so I'm what, four years into my transition and currently I've been waiting to get medication since November and it's oh, wow. February, February. Yeah. uh, because of some sort of medicine change, someone bought something, something, this and that things I don't understand. And now I 
I'm waiting four months for my next dose. And this is not necessarily, you know, when you're dealing with hormones, you're putting your body through up and down and yeah. Adding time in is not helpful. It's frustrating. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. (laughs) That's a lot to deal with even in just in that one topic of healthcare. That's that's a large obstacle yes. right yes. there. And there's your podcast. And there it is. Right there. <laughs> we'll just wrap it up. Okay, but what else do you got? Yeah. Um, as far as social life goes, um, you know, just a general safety concerns in different locations. And we've talked a little bit about this. Yeah. And you've heard a little bit of my story here. But, um, you know, throughout my transition, at the beginning, not passing in public. So what that means is, if you were a stranger and you saw me out in public, you would assume that I was female, even though I'm using he, him pronouns, just by my external appearance, yeah. I'm not passing as male. Yep. Just what that term Makes means. Sense. So public spaces in that time when I'm not passing is very scary. What what bathroom do I use? What dressing room do I use? Um, I don't want to make someone feel uncomfortable, but I don't want to be unsafe. And I mean, there's just this complexity with every decision, every move you're making, every door you open is like terrifying. (laughs) Um, It's easier now that I am passing because I choose who I tell my story to. And that's a really beautiful place to be that um, I can be a little, uh, more at peace when I go places. Safety is still a very big concern for me, even though it's not as prevalent as it used to be. Mm. Um, there's still a lot of violence in the world and targeted at transgender people yeah. who are just going about their daily lives, just trying to live, just right. trying to do things, <laughs> daily activities. Um, and so it's scary to see those news headlines and know that could be me yeah. one day. That could be another brother or sister in the queer community that I know. And and that's a scary place to live in as well. Yeah. I would imagine that at the beginning when you weren't passing, it was it would stop you from going places or doing things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, if anything, you know, you, you want to try and still be social and try and hold on to those relationships and because that's how you hold on to right. relationships is doing social things yeah. together. Uh, but there were always time limits on it. And, you know, Jenna would know that too of like, okay, hon, we're about to go somewhere for five hours. So like, go to the bathroom now. Don't drink anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just gear up. We're going to get through this. Um, And I joke too. Well, not joke. It was very serious. But it's just a weird concept that you don't think about is um, I always made sure that in whatever friend group I was going out with, if Jenna was not there, was I got to have a bathroom buddy yeah. of I just need someone to, if I say I need to go to the restroom, you magically need to go to the restroom too. Yeah. And you're going to get up with me and you're just going to stand outside the door. You're going to text me and make sure everything's fine and that I don't need help. Yeah. And it's like, wow, all of that to go to the bathroom. Yeah. It's not something people ever think about. Yeah. 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 And that is taxing on you mentally. Yeah. Does it still do those kinds of safety concerns still make you reconsider going out or like make you I I feel like I would think oh I don't want to deal with this tonight I'm gonna not go out yeah does that Um, still happen no not anymore um I do pass as male in public and 
I don't have that much of a fear for for low level things like going out to a restaurant. Yeah, um, I can use the men's restroom. Men, I don't know what you guys are doing in the stalls, but you got to figure it out. It's bad. It's horrible for us. Please Pull it help. Together. <laughs> um, Do you know how to use a bathroom? And those are some great perspectives that I yeah. have. Like I have used the women's restroom for many years, and now I've used the men's restroom for many years. And let me tell you, there's a big difference. I don't know what you guys are doing in there, <laughs> but it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. <laughs> So uh, hindering wise, yeah, that is a little yeah. bit of it. I mean, <laughs> when we're on a road trip, I do not stop at a rest stop. Yeah, <laughs> that's understandable. Yep. So, but safety wise, seriously, yeah. um, you know, low level things like that, I don't yeah. worry about. I, I am a lot of restaurants now and a lot of public spaces do have gender gender neutral bathrooms, which is absolutely a game changer. Yeah, yeah, it's so sense. important. Yeah, and the one thing I always tell people regarding bathrooms is if you are afraid of someone who is transgender using the restroom with you, I promise we are more afraid of you yeah. than you are of us. Just go about your business. <laughs> You're Cause be that's fine. what we're here for. Right. <laughs> Just going about our business. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Only other thing social wise that I'll touch on is navigating relationships that I had prior to my transition Mm -hmm. that thankfully lasted through my transition and are still, you know, thriving today. Yeah. But that was something obviously I'm very happy about and I'm very grateful for, but it was another complexity that I was not prepared for of how much am I sharing with other people and how much Mm -hmm. are you allowed to disclose about me and knowing like you have to have those conversations. Um, I think very specifically, um, I grew up with best friends, twins that lived right behind us. Hi, Rian Renee. <laughs> and uh, a very real conversation um, that we had was, hey, like all our pictures together, you identified as female mm-hmm. and you had long hair and wore pink overalls. And That's hard to picture, but uh, I mean, regardless. I was so cute. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> But it was a very real, like, hey, like, we want to share memories on Facebook, but is that okay? Right. Um, or another, and this just, like, sprung upon us. I had never even thought of it. Yeah. They were like, when we're telling a story about you when you were little, what pronouns should I use? Because when I'm telling the story, you identified as she, her, and that's who you were in right. that story. And Yeah, that's not something I ever would have thought about. And this, I will say, more than anything, I hope that the listeners are hearing this is so specific per person. Mm -hmm. There are people who choose not to disclose any information about their transition, that they're transgender about their identity. And that is a hundred percent. Okay. They go through, they delete any prior pictures, delete names, anything. And that is totally acceptable. I'm one of those people who I'm at peace with that portion of my life. And I still see the same me. Yeah. I just look different. That's fine. Um, I still have the same smile. I still have the same eyes, you know. And I have a great appreciation for those years in my life. So I don't delete them and I don't I don't try and hide that. And, and that's just my journey. Um, but it was a conversation we had to have and one I wasn't expecting of, okay, wow, like you 
I don't want you to just out me to everybody we right. meet that's new. And there's there's some complexity there of, of how we navigate yeah. a, a friendship that spans pre-transition and post. Yeah, that makes sense. Not Definitely not something I would have thought of. But it makes sense to me that you could feel like that was me back then and it's still me now. Yeah. I would imagine wedding photos are another. Yes, thank another you. Another whole I, complex thing. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> I, I, like I said, I was dressing masculine and cut my hair, but I hadn't had any surgery yet. I, I was not on hormone replacement um, therapies then. Um, I just looked like a little baby <laughs> at that point. I mean, that's what I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I look like I was nine. <laughs> we got married. My goodness. <laughs> Uh, Did someone check on this? Check on the legality. Of yeah, it? yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm trying to convince Jenna to do a vow renewal like way sooner than normal people do. Yeah. Well, that would be fun. Yeah, she's not super she's on board. Not, she's it's not, she's fine. <laughs> She'll get there. You'll wear her down. Eventually. I'll wear her down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So what other obstacles popped up that you didn't expect? These were some that uh, were very unexpected, little day-to-day things um, that I think are important. You know, everyone always asks the big questions, and those are easy to answer. But then you start thinking about what are the like little day-to-day things that are like, oh, this is so frustrating, and this is so hard, and it yeah. doesn't need to be. Yeah. Um, shopping for clothing. Oh, yeah. I pre-transition, knowing that I wanted to transition, starting to dress more masculine. I was a tomboy my whole life. So I was like, yes, bring back the boot cut jeans. Which and is why the, the oh, pink overalls the, confused yes, me a little yes, bit. Yes, yes, the okay. cargo pants, board. the, God, my wife hated them. Uh, <laughs> I went through a phase again as an adult with cargo pants, but it's fine, they're gone again. Uh, but it and was Jenna like- yeah, but it was like, oh my gosh, I can quit pretending and quit trying to put on this facade in the mirror of what does the world want me to look like and just mm-hmm. dress in a way that I am comfortable mm-hmm. and I can actually look at myself in the mirror and say, let's let's go tackle the day and yeah. you now don't need to worry about this because you feel secure in the yeah. way that you're appearing to others. Little did I know, there's a very limited shopping experiences for a five foot two male that is an adult. <laughs> I, period. End point. <laughs> that is not in like the Sorry husky boy section <laughs> in the children's funny, section. <laughs> and so, one, clothing sizes are a thousand percent different. Yes. I mean, the first time I went to buy a dress shirt, I was like. Why are there so many numbers involving yeah. this piece of clothing? And why do I need to know my neck size and my arm length? Like, I don't know these things. I have the neck of an eight-year-old. And what happened to small, medium, large? I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so huge obstacle there. Yeah. And, and a continued fight. Yeah. Not something that will go away necessarily. Yeah. Um, another thing was just my appearance changing. I obviously did not have facial hair before my transition and now yeah. I do and at 25 years old I'm growing a beard for the first time and you know it's not a joke when people or an exaggeration when people say like starting hormone treatment is you're going through puberty again yeah as an adult which is awful that sounds terrible it's yes. uh, yeah so nobody signs up to do this 
just, they don't mean it. <laughs> oh, you know what? I think I'll transition this t- this time of year. Uh, yeah, no, yeah, no, no, it's not fun. No, uh, no one, no one willingly just chooses this for fun if they don't mean it. Um, they don't truly feel this way, and yeah. so you know, you're 25 years old and you're growing a beard for the first time, which is all the awkward stages of growing a beard for the yeah. first time that now you're doing as an adult. And my dad passed away when I was 15. I don't have a strong male figure in my life. What in the world do I do with facial hair? I have no clue. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I, would, I don't know. Right. I'd have to Google that too. I YouTubed a lot. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and still basically don't yeah. know what I'm doing, but yeah. it's fine. Um, well, you look great. Thanks. So those are just some little, these are just like daily activity, yeah. daily living things that still are a barrier and still cause anxiety. Yeah. Um, that I, I wasn't anticipating. I just wasn't ready for. Yeah. Or didn't know the weight of how they would affect me yeah. every day, four years later. Still having to think about it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there, I mean, you just listed a whole bunch of things that I don't think about. I mean, I might have thought about clothes, but, you know, a lot of that stuff doesn't, it's not something I have to carry with me every day. So thank you for talking through those obstacles and giving us a window into what your your daily life is like. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear, what do, you, what do you want people to know? What do you want people to take away from this? Because I know you enough to know that this is not just a like, hey, my life is hard. I want you to know about it. Like, <laughs> you are here because you want people to know something. So tell me, what is it? What do you want people to take away? Yeah, I, I just want more people to be so open and strongly advocating as an ally for others mm-hmm. and just making sure that the people around you know that you are a safe person, not just saying like, oh yeah, I'm an ally. Oh yeah, like I don't have any problems with that. But like make sure the people around you know. Say those things. Make sure that they are aware that, hey, I am a safe person if you ever need anything. And I will support you. Um, Take time to educate yourself. I know that Googling can lead to scary places. (laughs) And... You could get your basic education there. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you can answer some basic questions. Yeah. It's safe. Yeah. Um, and and the seriousness in it is that you could be the one individual that changes someone's trajectory mm. completely. Um, to hit with just a couple statistics, um, I won't get too technical. Um, these are from 2022. Uh, survey that was done 45 percent of transgender youth with no family or community support contemplated or attempted suicide and that's up four percent since 2019 Mm. so we're going in the wrong direction um and the critical piece to that is that with only one piece of support from a family member that's not even including a community member support, just mm-hmm. a family member support. That number goes from 44% or sorry, 45% to 4%. Wow. And I think like, okay, compare that to other statistics of things that happen to people. <laughs> right. And I think like, what do we have in our world that's so blatantly obvious one way or the other? And it's like smoking. Like no one's arguing that cigarettes are healthy for you. Right. No, nobody. <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and 
So I, I, and I, I don't know that there's an exact parallel yeah. to that, but I just think, my goodness, what, what an astounding statistic of yeah. we have the power to take 45% and turn it into 4%. Yeah. And it's within our reach. How many lives what, can we save? Yeah. What are we going to do about it? Um, another that I, that I came across again, 2022 was 36% of LGBTQ youth reported being physically harmed or threatened due to their gender identity. And that's not including emotional harm or discrimination or sexual comments or gestures they receive. These are just kids that have been subjected to physical harm or physical threats. Yikes. Um, and again, what are what are we going to do with this information? Because we, as the adults, have the power to change that. Yeah. Yeah. So be an open ally. Uh, if someone chooses to confide in you about their gender identity, in my opinion, the only acceptable response is thank you for trusting me. Mm-hmm. And how can I support you? I have gotten a very vast and wide range of (laughs) responses and reactions and oh my gosh, I couldn't even tell like, that's the point. (laughs) Great. Great. Thank you. I guess it was successful. So Uh, so again, and and some people are at a loss. I don't know what to say. Just say thank you. Thank you for trusting me with such valuable and vulnerable information Yeah, because it's huge. The other would be don't assume that you don't have anyone in your life that is a part of the queer community. I've come across so many people that say, well, I've just never known anyone that's transgender before. And I sit there and I'm like, well, how do you know? How do you know that? They just didn't tell you. Right. I can almost guarantee you know <laughs> of someone you just don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and even myself, I, I've come across friends and and they've chosen to confide in me. And it's like, oh, my gosh, thank you. Thank you for telling me. And had they not told me, I would have never known. Yeah. So don't assume that you don't know. Yeah. Someone in your life that, that, that this could be a- applicable to. I think that's a big thing for language, too, of like, what jokes are we making? What mm-hmm. comments are we making? What, you know, using words and I think you're going to talk about that at some point but like just being aware that you don't know who's around you correct yeah and and something that feels harmless to you or like oh well I wouldn't talk to a transgender person this way well Mm -hmm. maybe you are maybe you are you might be yeah yeah and that's not to say oh like live in fear that you're you're (laughs) doing and saying wrong things it's just don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. <laughs> be conscious of of the words you're saying and yeah. and just know that know that you don't know who's out there and who's listening and who could yeah. be impacted by by the things you're saying. Yeah. And it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to to go back and say, "You know what? I I messed up. I'm sorry." Yeah. And and how can I do better in the future? Yeah. Yeah. Grace is a beautiful thing. And we appreciate it, those of us that make mistakes, because I make a lot of them. Yeah. So. Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. We do. Every day. All day. All day. <laughs> it's basically all I do in life. Yeah. Just mistakes after mistakes <laughs> after mistakes. This has turned into a very positive <laughs> episode. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Um, yeah. So 
I kind of want to move towards now, you know, we've talked about my journey, my obstacles, yeah. the things I want people to know. Now, um, some action items. What can we yeah. do? Yeah. I would love to, because uh, even as you were saying, like, be an open ally, uh, there's part of me that wanted to be like, what does that look like? And you sort of answered that one of, you know, just being clear, yeah. be, saying, I'm a safe person, you can come to me. Um, but immediately I was like, what does that look like? Tell me more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So some of these are easier. Some of them are harder. Um, my very first one that I, I always, I, I love to talk about this one. And it's so simple. And people really don't get it. <laughs> Putting your pronouns in your email signature. Hmm. And obviously, you know, we're talking, it doesn't have to be a professional workplace. It could be your personal email too. Yeah. Um, but putting your pronouns in your email. And when I first came out to the, my staff that I work with, and there was, I don't want to say a lot of a pushback. There was not a lot of pushback. But there was some when we started to get into the nitty gritty of what does this look like to support someone? And I had mentioned about, you know, putting your pronouns in your email. And this is a very widely known thing that that is said, this is how you could help someone. But I never experienced why it was important until it was me that needed it. Yeah. If people who are transgender are the only people putting pronouns in their email signature then i'm outing myself every time i have to send an email yeah so here i am typing an email hello warehouse person i need four more science textbooks thank you sydney he him if i'm if transgender people are the only people using pronouns in their email i'm now telling this warehouse person hello this is my gender identity you didn't need to know it yeah and I want my pronouns respected because I do have a name that in today's world, it didn't start this way. Yeah. In today's world, Sydney is a more female prone, female dominant yeah, name. Statistically, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially the way I spell it. Um, it's, it's S-Y instead of S-I because mm. I'm not Sid from Toy Story who is <laughs> a evil. Terrible, a terrible person. That's not you. Correct. Definitely. I'm P. Sherman 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. <laughs> That's the Sydney that I am. So I, <laughs> um, but, but uh, now I, I want you to respond back and, and not say, oh, thank you, Miss Dressler. Right. I want to be Mr. Dressler. Yeah. Or Mr. Sydney, as the kids know me. Um, and so I'm putting my pronouns in there out of my own self-preservation of I want my pronouns respected. I don't want to experience gender dysphoria every time I send a work email and I get responded back with miss or missus. And if I'm the only one doing it, I'm having to disclose this all day, every day to people that I probably will never even meet and, or people that I will meet and be working closely with that. I don't want them to necessarily know that about me in a professional workplace. Right. So I'm trying to advocate for myself, but it's continually kicking me in the butt over and over and over again. Um, And so that is why it's important that if everybody does it, then everybody has it. And, and you're protecting me. Yeah. You're protecting us and, and the people who, who need it. Yeah. That makes sense. I definitely hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, Another one is, is using gender inclusive language. 
this doesn't just mean pronouns. This is titles. This was new to me um, when I started to transition was we live in a world where it's not just Mr. and Miss. Mm. We have other titles we can use for people. Um, search them. Get to know them. Be familiar with them so when you see them and when you use them, you won't fumble with how to say them and you won't uh, you won't be caught off guard. Just, yeah. just be inclusive. Um, I want to shout out Caden, one of our coaches at yeah. the gym. Yeah, Caden. Uh, yeah, Caden. Um, he is someone who personally sought me out after establishing a relationship and saying, Hey, what can we do better? What can I do better? Mm -hmm. Um, as a coach, as a human, how can I be more inclusive? And one of the things we talked about was specific to CrossFit. Hey, we have a 35 pound bar Mm -hmm. that typically is used for female athletes and a 45 pound bar that typically is used for males. If I'm not competing it doesn't matter which one I use. Yeah. Weight is weight. I, I could put the same weight on a 35 pound bar as on a 45 pound yeah. bar. And guess what? It's still heavy. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't lift it. <laughs> alert. It's heavy. It's heavy. Um, and so Caden specifically, he does a fabulous job of, um, I've noticed in his classes that he will say, um, you know, 35 pound bar and 45 pound bar instead of the women's bar and the men's bar. Yeah. And I'm someone who uses a 35 pound bar every single day yeah. as much and as frequently as possible because um, this is getting technical, but there's no way I can do a hook grip with a 45 pound bar. I have little childlike hands. <laughs> I mean, I can't even like find grips that are yeah. my size. I don't know if they sell youth sized grips, but they'd be for me. Yeah. Uh, and so for me to have a proper technique and to really work on my form, I need to use the 35 yeah. pound bar. Um, so good job, Caden. You yeah. make me feel great. Shout out. Um, the other big one, again, that was mind blowing to me was uh, stop asking what are your preferred pronouns? Mm. And originally I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what's wrong with that? I thought that yeah. was the right thing to do. Yeah. And um, I heard it once, I don't even know from who, but it, I, I'll never, I, I'll always think of it this way is phrasing it in this way of these are your preferred pronouns indicates that there's flexibility in it, that mm-hmm. this is just my preference, but it doesn't have to be this it's way. It's okay if you yes. use something else. Exactly. And it also gives the power of that decision to the speaker mm-hmm. and not the recipient yeah. whose pronouns you're talking about. Um, and so it's just taking out the word preferred. Yeah. What are your pronouns? What pronouns do you use? Yeah. And, and, and it could make a big difference for someone. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. A couple other quick ones, just education. We talked about this earlier. There's so much out there. There's mm-hmm. literature. There's... There's movies, there's there's every there's social media. Um my one big one I'll I'll plug here is there's a Netflix documentary that came out called Disclosure. Mm. Um it's a documentary with Laverne Cox and it just focuses on representation in the media over the years and how transgender characters were portrayed and how that shaped the way the transgender community was seen in society. Um I won't say anything more about it other than you should go watch it. Okay. And it's lovely and wonderful. And Putting it on my mental and list right now. even years into my transition, I learned so much mm. about the trans community. Yeah. Which was huge. Very cool. And lastly, mm. I'll say, um, 
if you are someone who says, you know, I just, I, I want to support and give back and I'm not really sure how or where, whatever. And you want to give financially, if that's something that spurs you and something you want to do. Um, there are plenty of nonprofits around Indianapolis that could use help. Um, gender nexus is one. They helped me with getting my, uh, letters for sur- my approval letters for mm-hmm. surgery they help with legal counsel. They help with um, mental health counseling. Yeah, Gender Nexus is great. And then also Trinity Haven Housing. Um, they offer transitional housing programs, housing assistance. Um, and that's for like youth 16 through 24. So okay. a lot of programs are 18 and under or right. you're kind of on your own. Yeah. Um, but this one's a little bit more expansive. And again, those are just two, yeah. two options if that's something that um, you know, is your way to support people is, is financially, then those are great options. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing those resources. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've had to hold myself in from asking you so many questions, um, and not necessarily even questions that I don't know the answer to, but questions that I feel like I would want to hear your experience. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, why does, why does, why do pronouns matter so much? Like those kinds of questions, because I could absolutely see someone who hasn't really heard this perspective listening to this and being like, well, why does it matter so much? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, Google it, you know, like look it up, watch a movie. Yeah. Figure it out. I know that you probably have questions. If you're listening to this, you probably have questions for Sydney. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we can have you back at some point <laughs> and answer and do like a Q&A. I love it. Um, yeah. So if you do have questions for Sydney, send them to us uh, at On The Rise group on Instagram or Facebook, and we'll see if we can collect them and maybe do a maybe do a follow up if, if you guys have questions. But uh, mostly, Sydney, thank you. Thanks for sharing your experience. I recognize that. This is outing yourself to a very large number of people or, you know, I mean, not that I'm like, oh, my podcast is so big, but like worldwide web, (laughs) this is outside of your control, the number of people. Um, And so I just I'm grateful for that. I'm humbled that you would do that. Yeah. So thank you. And if I can say a quick thanks, um, the only reason I am able to do that is because of the support that I have in my life. I know that I can. I can, for all intensive purposes, broadcast my life out there and put myself out there knowing full well there will be people who have something negative to say, knowing there will be people who condemn me, and knowing that I have plenty of support and an army of people in my corner. And I'm so fortunate because I'm a very small percentage of the queer community who has that. I have family. I have friends. I have supportive people in my life. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. That's awesome. I'm glad you do. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Come back sometime. (laughs) Anytime. (laughs) All right, friends. Thanks for listening and join us next time for, I don't know what topic comes next because I haven't figured it out yet, but it'll be fun. Talk to you next time.